Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Hom, and I am here with another incredible Real Estate Investor Goddess interview. So in um, on this show, we interview incredible women who are successfully investing in real estate women who are investing in all different types of real estate. And our guest today has a very interesting and unusual asset class. Our guest is Michelle Bosch, and she's an investor in a bunch of things, but land is one of them. Mark Twain famously said, buy land. They don't make it anymore. That's good advice, but a lot of people stay away from land because they want to be able to cash flow. And our guest today has figured out a way to do that. Michelle Bosch is the co-founder and CFO of Orbit Investments and is a full-time real estate investor since 2002. She and her partner, Jack Bosch, have bought and sold over 4,000 pieces of real estate and built the third largest land investment and auction company in the United States. In 2009, they started building and now hold a portfolio of 50 single-family homes in three markets, and in 2008, they also started an education company focusing on teaching others how to invest in land. In 2016, Michelle founded and launched the Ultimate Boardroom for high-achieving real estate investors, and since 2016, she has been investing in multifamily, and her company is positioned for rapid growth with a portfolio of over 250 units. So she's been really busy and really successful, and I'm thrilled to have her here. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you very much. It was like, oh, my gosh, I'm just tired listening to all these things. But I guess <laughs> quite a bit has, you know, has been packed over the last 16 years. And, and my, you know, our love is still land. We, that's how we started. Um, both Jack and myself are immigrants into the U.S. Um, Jack is originally from Germany. I'm from Honduras. And so when we came here, we came as students, and then we started working, you know, for the man. We had it both a J-O-B. We worked <laughs> over 80 hours a week, traveling 100%, and we weren't happy with that. And that's kind of how we got into real estate. You know, some, some, sometimes you go towards things, so seeking pleasure, and sometimes you go towards things because you're trying to avoid pain. And for us, it was the pain of not seeing each other, of constantly, you know, traveling, and so that's kind of how we started in, in real estate investing, specifically in land. So, you know, following up on that, you were, um, you were working, and I think we, we spoke about this, you were a consultant, is that it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you were traveling for what is, yeah, what, what is now Oracle. I was working for Motorola and, and we would, you know, like I said, we would barely see each other and, and when we first got into real estate, because we were both not from here, um, for us it wasn't natural to go and look at houses as, a, as a, an entry point for us in real estate. We didn't have a clue about construction or how things are built here in the U.S. You know, uh, Honduras is, is uh, very prone to hurricanes, so we built completely different. Uh, Germany builds completely different. So for us it wasn't natural to just go and, you know, start chasing houses. Um, and um, we, we stumbled into land through tax liens and tax deeds, and, um, and we thought, well, this is, this is fantastic. You know, we can probably uh, do the same that we would do in houses in terms of uh, spreads and, you know, profitability of, of flipping a deal and fast. 
without really having to deal with termites, with toilets, with tenants, you know. Uh, Mm -hmm. For us, it was like a simplification of real estate because it was like investing in a house and flipping a house, except there was no house on it. So just the land. Yeah, just the land, just the dirt. So so what made uh, you decide to go in that route? I'll just get. I'm sorry because uh, I'm just trying to th- the the thinking right. You most people are taught. Um, you go to school, you get a degree if you're if you can, you get an advanced degree. I think you said you met back when you were doing your MBA, um, and so you have this job that's hang well. What made you think? Hmm. Let's do real estate. Let's do land. What What was the the catalyst for for that? So, so like I said, it, it made the dissatisfaction, and we did put several business models against a criteria. And the criteria okay. for us was that it's gonna, it needed to be easy. It needed to be um, having a very low uh, barrier, you know, of entry. It needed to have very little competition. Um, and more than anything, it would be something that would fit our lifestyle, where basically the business would fit the lifestyle that we wanted versus we having to fit the lifestyle into the business. And so that was, that, that was a criteria. And, and so for that reason, you know, um, us chasing houses was, was a big no-no because whenever you get, you know, you send out your, your direct mail and someone calls you, I mean, you got to jump in that moment and head to wherever it is, you know, the property is located and, um, and either get on the phone with your seller or meet them there, uh, give them an estimate of what repairs are going to be like and so on and so forth. And, and then with land, we found that people had been owning land for, you know, quite some time. They were not emotionally attached to their land and that we had very little competition and that if they got a letter from someone, which for the most part it was a realtor trying to list their property, but nobody really actually asking them, you know, if you want to sell it, I want to buy it, um, uh, virtually no competition. So um, for us, it was like, okay, this is, this is a no-brainer. Let's do it. It fits what we want to do. Um, you know, it fits our, our, our model of, of lifestyle. It's not something where we need to jump, you know, and go do something. But, you know, calls are going to be calling in. Oh, that's another thing. We, we, we didn't want to have to do anything that had to do with, like, selling and cold calling. So we love the <laughs> fact that we could just send a letter to someone, and if they were interested, they would be calling us, you know. And, um, yeah. and at the beginning, that's a, that, the, even there, at the beginning was, you know, we have so many funny stories of us, like, throwing the phone at each other. No, you answer. No, you answer. No, you answer. <laughs> and eventually somebody would be like, Orbit Investments, you know, this is Michelle, how can I help you? <laughs> so, um, because, you know, and so, and so we designed this business such that, you know, we, we would have to be minimally on the phone with people, that a lot of it would be happening over, you know, over snail mail or email. Um, and that, um, and, and like I said, that it, we wouldn't have to jump and, you know, if I, you know, if I had already a set appointment for the day that I, I would have to, like, scratch that out and, and go meet a seller somewhere because, um, you know, the land is pretty much all over the U.S. So, so that was, you know, and, and like I said, the, the sexiest thing for us was, like, okay, very little competition. We get people saying, wow, how did you find about my land, you know? Um, I never had anyone contact me about my land. And, and mm. yes, we've been having it for years. 
you know, I inherited from my mom or my dad. None of my siblings or I are interested in it. Or, or somebody would say, you know, we purchased a piece of land out in Arizona and one out in Florida. We decided to retire out here in Florida. And that piece of land out there, I just keep on paying taxes on it. And, um, and I have no use for it, you know. So there's so many reasons why people let go. But um, that, that was like our experience. Okay, so you like land as an asset class makes a lot of sense. Very little competition. There's, um, you don't have to go see it necessarily. Um, no, there's, in, there's in less. The, in the, yeah, in the beginning, we felt we needed to see them, so we started in our backyard. We started here in Arizona, and then when we realized, okay, you know, we're getting very familiar with this. Um, we don't need to see them. We're very familiar with certain subdivisions, with certain areas in the state. And then slowly, you know, that comfort level of how to assess and value land uh, started growing more and more. You know, we, we gained mastery in it. And so we started expanding uh, throughout the southwest and eventually, you know, uh, central U.S. and then northeast and southeast. And eventually it, I, we even have sold land out in Hawaii. So, um, it's kind of yeah. like our confidence started growing little by little, yeah? So the, the way to make money off of the land is you buy it and then you flip it to another, bu- to another buyer? Is that how you yeah. you figure out how that, to make money off of this? That is correct. That is correct. So we've identified a way to go ahead and, and, and basically contact these sellers way before uh, properties and originally way before properties were going off, you know, for tax lien or tax deed auction because we figured if you let go of a property and you, it gets to the auction, you, you know, that property needs to have been delinquent five, six, seven years, depending on their, in the state that you're in. And so people mm-hmm. will have mentally let go of these properties uh, already seven years ago. So, so why wait to get to these properties until they get to auction where there is competition, you know, why not contact yeah. sellers before? And so that was the reasoning uh, for us. We're like, okay, if they have already kind of like divorced or cut, you know, emotional ties to their piece of land um, a while back, let's try to get, you know, earlier in that process to them and send out direct mail. And that's originally how we started. And then, and then we were like, okay, let's try sending to people that don't owe back taxes. And the responses were actually even better than the guys that were delinquent. And so we were like, okay, so that means that, um, that we can just blanket, you know, in a, you know, a county in a state and, and just go for um, all property owners that own vacant land, you know, in a specific region of the state or county. And we would get, you know, just a county list back in the day. Now it's so easy to do that through, you know, brokers, uh, you know, list broker services. Or if you work with a good title company, they'll provide, you know, that stuff for you. And, and so, and the, so that, that was the reasoning, and that's how we started. And, for example, our first, our first uh, deal, we, we didn't have a lot to our name, Monique. We had about $3,200 in savings, and so we have very humble beginnings. So we didn't have a big budget. And, um, and so we, you know, we spent part of that budget and sending, I think, like 500 letters. And from those 500 letters, we got overwhelmed with like 15 to 20% response rates in terms of callbacks. Wow. And then um, I would say that uh, we got a deal, you know, for every 300 letters that we sent out um, when, you, you, when you break it down. And so, 
Um, and our first deal, I remember we offered not a lot. We offered, you know, $400. It was a uh, one-acre parcel out in uh, the Y Mountain Lakes area here in northern Arizona. And we thought, okay, let's, let's see if this sticks, you know. And it was really, you know, 25 cents on the dollar in terms of BSS value per, per the county. And to our disbelief and excitement and surprise, you know, the owner accepted. And wow. we are like, okay, we're, we're doing this. We, we're closing on it. We closed on that. And Jack's like, okay, now we should go and actually take a look at the property. So we drive up to, like, this White Mountain Lake area. And, um, and while we're putting, like, a, an orange stick with a for sale by sign, um, the the neighbor next door drives by and he's like, so what are you doing? And we're like, well, we're selling this piece of land. And he's like, but you're not the owner. And we're like, yes, we are. We just purchased it. <laughs> and I guess he had, been trying to, he had been trying to sell or to buy this from the prior owner, but had not been able to contact them or I have no idea what, you know, what was going on uh, there. But we were able to, on the spot there, he offered us, Four grand, and we were so green, Monique, that we didn't even like negotiate. We were like, "Oh my God, that is like amazing!" Of course, we will sell it to you. Next, and so yeah, now, yeah, and so now the Coronas are the proud owners of that one acre piece of property that was adjacent to their to their you know to their home, and nice. uh, and that's kind of how we how we started. And the next deal was a forty acre parcel that we purchased for like eight hundred bucks, and we sold for ten thousand. And so, oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, we got, you know, more and more in terms of we, we realized that, like I said, those spreads um, in terms of profitability are very comparable, if not higher than in, in houses, because now we can also go and depending on how, you know, you sort your list in terms of values, you can go for higher priced properties and, you know, and put a property on their contract for 40 grand and sell it for 150,000, you know, so it's a different kind of piece of land so it will be a little, little bit different strategy to sell it because it's a different buyer that you need to have in mind you know than the one you know that is looking for a one acre in a more rural or someone that is you know looking for an info lot but generally speaking the the, the spreads are just fantastic wow so let me ask you a question yeah. so i'm sure not every time you happen to have the next door neighbor say hey <laughs> i'd like to buy this land so how do you find yeah. your buyers, the subsequent buyers? So, so, so back in the day when we started, this is 2002, we would find our buyers by placing ads in the newspapers. I know this is so old. Old news. <laughs> we, would put, um, we would put ads in little periodicals in all those rural towns, you know, uh, you know, surrounding the property. And then eventually we were like, you know, okay, we've been doing this now, you know, a couple, you know like a year and a half we had been doing this. So we're like probably – towards the end of 2003 and Jack and I were like okay we we sold you know this year 90 pieces of property how can we actually sell more and I remember seeing an advertisement for a land auction that was happening in Los Angeles and I'm like that's it and they were selling I kid you not 250 parcels of land in in LA so I'm like let's go check out what these guys are doing and and let's see what's going on because this is the way for us to 10x so we go there, we buy a piece of land, you know, we bid on it, we go through the process to figure out what they're doing, how their contracts look, pretty much competitive intelligence research type of stuff, you know. <laughs> and so uh, we're like, okay, you know, 
we and back then we had about I think 120 parcels in inventory, and I'm like, in order for us to pull something off like this, it's not very hard. We need about 80 parcels more. That's probably going to take us two to three months, you know, to to purchase in terms of inventory, and then we could have make a big splash, you know, in the Phoenix market with one of these. And sure enough, by February of 2004, we had our first auction. We first we made our first million dollars. Um, you wow, know, on, great. You know, on that on that auction, and 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 there we sold in two ways. We sold on cash, and we sold using seller financing. So we basically carry the note, and we become the bank. And people mm-hmm. ba- basically make monthly payments on their piece of land to us, you know, for five, ten, fifteen years, depending on the note that we set up based on the on the value of the of the property. And so, so that was we did that, you know, about a, a, an auction a quarter with two hundred parcels every every time. And mm-hmm. um, and then by two thousand and seven, we needed to figure things out in terms of online marketing because we weren't having the same attendance rates to the auctions, you know. That's when real estate, you know, was about to not be sexy anymore. And so we started seeing that, and we then became students of Internet marketing and started figuring out how we're going to sell our land online because we were using, um, even already back then, eBay um, live auctions as one of the platforms. I'm like, how can we do more of this online selling? Because it's harder to get butts in the seats, basically, to get them to the actual physical, you know, uh, space here at the Phoenix Convention Center and get them to bid. So I'm like, we need to we need to figure that out. And like I said, we became students of online marketing and started selling our, our land online from that moment on. And we continue to do that to this day. So and and you can post in, in places that are not even expensive, Zillow, Craigslist, and lately the last I would say ten months, what has been blowing up has been Facebook marketplace. We have been seeing like tremendous, wow. you know, um Tremendous responses in, in just, you know, we put up a property and within hours we have 40 leads, people contacting us on a, on a specific listing to sell, you know, to buy the piece of property, the piece of land. So, um, so the, the, either on the selling and on the buying, um, it is quite easy. Of course, it's, you have to list it such that it is attractive, that you're really selling the dream in terms of the land. Uh, we see sometimes yeah. competing competing listings where they don't even have a picture on the darn listing, and I'm like, oh my god, how in the world are you gonna move this piece of dirt? You know, uh, <laughs> you have to tell a story in your listing. You have to say why is this better, you know, compared to my competitor here. Or base, if you're thinking about your end buyer being more of a financial buyer that is buying it for investment, you know, this is what I'm selling it for you. And you know, like if it's the property say it's worth. 40 grand and you're selling it, you know, for 25, this is what comparable values are in the area and show those comparable values so they can see why yours is a great deal and so on and so forth. If you're wholesaling, if you're doing seller financing, you can, you know, you can retail a property because at this point, the buyer really is more important for them, the monthly payment and the actual, you know, final price of the property. So it, it, yeah. it depends, you know, certain, certain pieces of land lend themselves more for seller financing, other ones for cash, depending on who you're, um, and buyer is, but we offer. We continue to this day offering both options to people, and um, and for us, if I if I take this now and bring it to a more panoramic view, uh, for us, land was the way for us to create what we call one-time cash. We have what we call the forever cash philosophy. 
um, that, you know, we started back, back then. And, and it gives you that where you are working once, you know, and you have to keep uh, pushing the cart, you know, to get more deal flow and sending out letters and making more offers to get deals and wholesaling them. And you work out and you work once and you get paid once. And then with the seller financing, when you offer the land, you know, on terms, um, you get what we call temporary cash because all of a sudden you get residual income or a stream of income, you know, that will last yeah. 5, 10, 15 years. And so for us, the next logical stay, you know, step after that was like, okay, now we need to, we need, you know, we need some firmer money for our cash here. And so back in 2009, after, you know, we were sitting on six to 800 loans where people were sending us, you know, uh, mailbox money is what I call it <laughs> every month. Yeah. We were sitting on a, on a ton of liquidity and uh, the U.S. was for sale and we went and bought, you know, 50 single family homes. So good. Uh, so good. <laughs> And, yeah. and then, you know, and we decided, okay, this is, this is what we're going to rent. And, you know, and I don't care whether these appreciate or not, you know, we were buying them at such, you know, crazy prices, at least here in the Phoenix market, you know, forty, fifty thousand $50,000 homes that we could rent for 900 or a $1,000 uh, insane. Wow. And now, you know, those properties are now worth 150, 200,000. So uh, we didn't do too bad there. I'm excited about that. And, yeah. um, and then, and then the next logical progression was then, okay, you know, as an investor, you want to always continue evolving and continue growing. And so the next logical step for us was multifamily. And we started about three years ago, we purchased our first, you know, our first apartment building out in Louisiana, which was uh, 95 units. And, and that's kind of how we transitioned and moved, you know, from, from one to the other. But we continue investing in land. We continue having, sell, you know, seller financing and the notes and land because the cash that we get from that, for us, that is kind of like the cash machine or the seed money that we can then go and park in more long-term whole type of investments such as multifamily or even the single family. Yeah. So that's kind of like the, the reasoning behind it, yeah? Yeah. So you've had an incredible amount of success since you began in 2002. And, um, and I, I love hearing these, these stories of success. Um, and I find though that what, what people learn the most is not from when things are going great. <laughs> um, they learn the most from their mistakes, right? So yeah. what would you say your biggest mistake was in your real estate investing career? What did you learn from it? So I think in in the beginning, um, it was being rugged individualists that we thought that we could do it all, and so hmm. and so that is actually what in the first year and a half didn't, didn't allow us to grow to more than ninety ninety deals because there was only so much time that Jack and I you know could put into this business together. We were already working like eighty a hundred hour you know. Weeks, so and we had no children, so this, you know, we were in a season of life where we didn't have to juggle that part, and 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 we, but we we were too scared to outsource, to get help, to ask for help, to hire people, you know, and 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 then eventually we, when we, you know, stumbled across the land auction concept and we wanted to implement that, we realized, okay, you know, there's things that really I cannot do as well. I'm doing them because I'm the jack of all trades right now, but there's really people out there whose, whose genius is to do this, this. And where I'm incompetent, they're competent or even have a superior skill than I do. So Mm -hmm. I think that was, uh, 
in the beginning, that was the biggest uh, mistake was we would have, you know, transitioned into uh, 10xing our business sir, if we would have not thought, okay, I need to do all of this on my own by myself. Um, yeah. And then more, I, I would think more recently or halfway into, you know, our investing career, the biggest mistake that I think we've made is uh, when it comes to partnerships, um, not really taking the time to really figure our own core values and figure out what we stand for and what we stand against uh, so that we can only say yes to the things and the projects and the people that really align with those core values. Um, yes. I, I mean, you know, it, 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 it's so crucial, I know, but, you know, that's, it, was a, it was a mistake and it's a learning opportunity. And now we're like, okay, if it doesn't, if, you know, if this project does not align with the core values, if this person does not align with our core values, it's a no. And um, it, it, at some point, you know, in your business, in the beginning, you're trying to say yes to everything. But at some point in your business, as you evolve, uh, the more times you say no, uh, you will be better off and you'll be probably working on the things that you are really passionate about and love doing most, you know. So Great. I would say those are the two, the two biggest. Fantastic. So um, that's so good. Such great lessons about, you know, A, needing help. Um, I always say real estate investing is is a team sport, right? Like, so having yeah. a team. But then the flip side is being really careful about who that team is um, yeah. and, and making sure that the people you are working with are, you know, they're a good fit in terms of your mission, vision, values, and um mm-hmm you know, where you want to go. So beautiful. Yeah. Uh, if I can add one more thing, and, and that I think mm-hmm. also helped us, the moment that we flipped the switch in terms of who, what we thought our identity was, our business grew like crazy. And, and what I mean by that is I, I think I mentioned earlier, both Jack and myself have very humble beginnings. I was born and raised in a third world country. Um, Jack was, you know, raised in Germany, but still on a single, you know, income. His father is a you know, high school teacher, uh, mother, stay at home mom. So also, you know, he, we, money was not something that, you know, just grew on trees for both of us. But the moment that we switch our identity and we kind of like decided that we were the end of the cycle of mental poverty in which we grew, and not because our parents were bad parents, but because they didn't know any better. Uh, the, yeah. the moment that we, that we decided we are the end of this and the beginning of something new, um, and we changed that identity you know, from you know, immigrant or being here and not knowing our way around to we are seven-figure business owners, uh, it, it yeah. was like, there was an incredible magnetism. Um, I know this kind of like sounds a little bit like, you know, out there, but there was an incredible magnetism of, of just things, relationships, things showing up for us. Uh, just, yeah, just ease and effortless coming into our lives. So, um, and, Amazing. and that, you know, yeah, and, and, and that, you know, just comes from a small commitment to, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to master it, master this. This is the identity that I, that I am committed to. And when you have this commitment, you then find the incredible courage, you know, to go through with whatever you decide to do. And you gain capabilities because you're actually doing stuff. And that leads to more confidence and confidence, you know, to more commitments, bigger commitments, 
more courage, and it's like a cycle. Yeah, we call it actually the four C's um, in our in our household. You know, you know when we're about to start something new. Okay, we're about to get into a, a bigger four C cycle. You know, where we're committing to a bigger project, and oh my God, I'm part of my language shit scared, and uh, I'm doing it anyways, and I'm gaining capability, and I'm getting the confidence, and when this confidence comes, eventually a bigger commitment or a bigger project that shows up. So, um, yeah, those, those, yeah. So let me ask you this. What, um, I mean, you've, you've been in this business 16 years now, 16 years now. Um, and you're, you're very successful. What advice would you have for a woman who's just starting out in real estate investing? Like I said, I would say, you know, to, to commit to, to one thing, there's so many there's so many ways to skin the scat in real estate. There's so many ways to do real estate that I think you need to find one that you can identify with that resonates with you that really is going to provide you for the life for in our case the lifestyle that we wanted, you know, and um and 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 that kind of like fits the life you want versus the other way around. And yeah. if you're in the season where you have children, you know, uh, do you really want uh, or you have never done real estate before, do you really want the complexity of going into commercial or multifamily investing right now? Or are you committed rather to the process of becoming an investor, more to the process and, and learning with, you know, something that was more, you know, more simple? Um, for us, it was land just because both of us were not from here. So we didn't know, like I said, anything about building or sure. rehabbing or doing anything. So that's what we felt like at that level, at that point, that was the level of confidence that we had. Okay, we can, we can handle this. And then from that, slowly evolved. Um, and, okay. Um, yeah. So. so then the the advice is pick one thing um, and then figure yeah. out how, you know, and but start with the lifestyle you want and then work backwards to pick that one thing. Re- re- reverse engineer it, absolutely. And, yeah. and get in line, Great. stay in line because – I see so many people because we have, you know, the educational on the land where they'll will, they'll come, you know, at an event and they'll be like, well, you know, I've been uh, I've been dabbling in this and I've been dabbling in this and I've been dabbling in that and in this other thing and in this other thing and and so then they're there dabbling and not making any money on that one on one thing, you know. So whatever right. that one thing is, if it's houses, but like commit to it and master it. You know, so yeah. uh, that would Beautiful. be the biggest thing. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Oh my gosh, such amazing information and advice. Um, and your story is so inspiring. So for for Thanks. people who want to reach reach you and find out more about what you do and their mm-hmm. land auction, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Yes. So um, my husband and I have uh, developed a, a course. And you can go and check out um, www.landprofitgenerator.com. And this is our, you know, our land course. And um, I, I would say that's a starting point as well as a group that we have on Facebook called My Open Path. This is a free group. You don't need to pay to be part of this group. It's an incredibly collaborative environment of about 2,000 investors that are investing in land, helping each other, you know, every day with like, you know, my seller's doing this or saying that, what should I say back, you know, or, uh, or where do I find this document or do you have a document or an attorney in this state that, you know, that can help me with disclosing or whatever. It's just a very 
very collaborative, very, and we're always humbled by the generosity of knowledge and time that people in that group, you know, have, especially towards new members that come in. Um, and so I, I think the, both of those would be great places for people to connect with us. Uh, so it would be landprofitgenerator.com and uh, my open path um, in, um, in Facebook, which is a, our Facebook okay. group. Okay, great. So it's time for our famed end of show trinity, which is a brag of gratitude and a desire. So what is one thing that you're celebrating right now? What's, what's your brag? Okay, so my brag is uh, we closed on a new, you know, new 90-unit apartment building in North Carolina, and we are excited because we took over that. Uh, June 29th was closing. Uh, first month went through, and we already were able to increase um, occupancy rates um, by 2%. So we went from 91 to 93%, so we're excited about that. And, and then, um, in, and yeah, that, that has been... Uh, really, really exciting, good, you know, not just for us, but also we're, we're, you know, we're like, okay, we're delivering on the promise that we gave to our investors to be great stewards and, you know, fiduciaries of their money and they're going to be making money. So we're excited. So that's uh, well bragged. one brag. <laughs> well and then bragged. the second thing was, what did you mention? The second thing was what something are you that grateful I'm grateful for. for. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this is something that I am. I have been from the very beginning immensely grateful, and I think this is why maybe the partnership and the relationship comes uh, to this day still in a beautiful way. Um, since we started this business, we started together, my husband and I, and I am so incredibly grateful for his support because um, we truly are equal partners in life and in business. You know, there's things that a genius at and he has my back. There's certain things that I'm a genius at, and I have his back at work and at home. And, um, and, and that is one thing that I, I, if I was a lady, I would say, you know, it's so important to choose well on that life yeah. partner front. Because, you know, two batteries charge, like really can multiply things. But if one of the batteries is discharged, it will drain the full charge battery fast, very fast. So, um, so, you know, be wise about, you know, the partner, the life partner that you choose. And I'm, I'm incredibly grateful that I, I, found, I found my one. <laughs> Great. And what's one thing you yeah. desire? One thing I desire, and this is actually one of the reasons why I was excited, you know, when you approached me to be on this, on this show, and, and it is to talk to more women about finances and about real estate investing. I see so many ladies um, really abdicating on that, you know, on that, on that power that they have or on their influence because either they don't understand it or for some reason, you know, think that, you know, they shouldn't be in charge of this. And, and I'm like, no, absolutely. You need to be involved. Your, your, your decision matters. You should be knowledgeable. Um, and, and, and so that's one desire that I have is basically talking uh, to more women about finances, about faith, about flow, um, because um, we do, you know, ladies, we do things a little bit different than the guys do, Absolutely. and um, and so and so, you know, with that ease and effort, less in mind with working with more uh, grace and intentionality versus force. You know, when you're just trying to reverse engineer a goal and meeting quarterly things, you know, regardless of 
how you're getting there, you know, and, and what you're doing or, you know, to your family in terms of attention that is not being given to your kids or to your spouse or to whoever, you know. So talking to ladies more about faith, flow, and finances, that, that's one desire I have. And um, I, I thank you very, very much for giving me the opportunity in the show. Oh, you're welcome. And so shall your desire continue to be as you wish or better than you can imagine under grace yeah. and in perfect ways. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Michelle. That was amazing information. Um, you guys, you can um, connect with her uh, the, um, on Facebook or landprofitgenerator.com, and you can connect with me at realestateinvestorgoddesses.com or on our Facebook page, Real Estate Investor Goddesses, and connect with our dynamic community of real estate investing women from all over the globe. Thanks again for being here. We'll catch you next week for another incredible Real Estate Investor Goddess interview. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.